This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, Now, up to to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone, and today on the program, I'm joined by the current infield coach for the Anaheim Angels. He played eight years in the big leagues and was a World Series champion in 2002. He just finished up with the WBC. Uh, he was manager of Team Mexico. Ladies and gentlemen, Benji Gill. Benji, thanks for coming on the program. Always a pleasure to uh, talk to you, Booney. Have you had time to catch your breath? That was a lot right there. That was a lot. I, I was watching. That was that was a lot of fun, it looked like. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a ton of fun. Um, yeah, I've been able to catch up a little bit. Luckily, um, uh blessing in disguise we had a day off today with the angels so uh gave me a day to an extra day to catch up and uh we're back at it tomorrow uh in tempe so speaking of that when you gone when benji gill's gone you handle the infielders who takes your job while you're at the tourney um i'll tell you what mike gallegos who was basically like my men it was my mentor so uh so yeah it's it's i think uh the good thing is that everybody's familiar all our infielders uh outside of the new ones are very familiar with him and uh and we're we we think alike um and uh i picked up a bunch of stuff from him uh on, last year so um i think it, it was pretty easy uh uh the my my being gone was pretty easy for the players you know i've been asked a lot about the the wbc um and, and I take it from – I put two different hats on. I put Brett Boone, the baseball player, hat on. And I think, well, anytime you're asked to play for your country, it's an honor. Of course, uh, as a player, I would do it. But I was also thinking to myself, man, you know what it's like, Benji, that spring training, early March, uh, we're getting ready for the season. We're, we're, we're trying to get our timing down. All of a sudden, you're thrown into a tournament like that on a world stage. And it's like, like you mentioned, it's like game five, game six every night with that level of intensity. At that point in spring, uh, we're used to getting two ABs and taking it to the house <laughs> in the fourth inning. Next thing you know, you're in a playoff atmosphere. But as from a fan standpoint, after watching the tournament for a while, especially that game uh, when you guys beat the USA and seeing the electricity in the crowd, I just went, wow, how good is this for the game of baseball? Baseball hit a home run for me with the WBC. Yeah, it, it's awesome, man. And, and 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 the great thing is it's continued to grow. And being that it was gone because of COVID, 
right, for six years, um, I think there was uh, a, a great um, appreciation for fi- for finally getting WBC back. And then you have guys, you know, you have Shohei uh, with Japan. You had Alcantara and all the stars Dominican had. When you see Mike Trout jump on board right away and be the captain and then Mookie Betts and Goldschmidt and Arnado, I mean, you'd name after, I mean, star after star after star. Um, you're like, man, this is going to be different. Um, obviously, uh, there being a contract, a big contract with with uh, uh, with a network uh, helped big time. But, but I think bigger than anything else is the way the fans showed up, man. The energy in the ballpark was incredible. Um, I had a chance to talk to uh, to Andy Pettit while we were in Miami um, the day after they beat Venezuela. And I was like, man, I'm like, yeah, people don't understand the energy. Um, it's loud and been in stadiums where it's really, really loud. But it's not just that you hear it. You feel, you can feel how loud um, the stadium is. And uh, I was like, the only thing you can compare it to is like a World Series. Or I said, or maybe a, a Red Sox um, Yankee Series in the, during a pennant race or in a postseason. And Andy said, he goes, I've been a part of a lot of Red Sox Yankee postseason games and, and down the stretch. He goes, I've never been in a game that loud. I thought that that said a lot. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You know, and I, as I was watching, uh, you're running into to old teammates. Uh, I'm seeing old teammates, old guys that I played against. There's you in, in the in the uh, in the Mexico dugout. And uh, I just. Holbert Cabrera, he was a teammate of mine. I got Griffey Jr. in the USA. It, it was pretty cool, uh, just from a, from a guys from yesteryear and the current players all all coming together. It, I thought it was I thought it was really cool. Great, great theater. Uh, it, you couldn't you couldn't imagine ending any other way than Otani against um, <laughs> against Trout. Two guys that you're with all the time. Was that how was that playing against those guys when you're with them day to day? You're about to crank it up again. Yeah, I mean, I I just uh, was hoping they they weren't as good as I'm used to seeing them, right? I mean, they're they're the two best in the world. Um, I think you know what, but I think this event is going to be so great for the Angels. It was great for baseball. I think it's going to be great for the Angels. I think uh, there's a new spark. Not that there wasn't before, but even in a, a more intense spark. Uh, and Trouty, right? Um, he was able to live what would be uh, a World Series. I think this is going to make him even more intense, uh, make him even a better leader and, and want it more, right? Uh, and Shohei, same thing. Um, you know, we had uh, Patrick Sandoval on our team. Now he's a pitcher that really has never pitched in a pennant race. And all of a sudden, the two games he was asked to pitch were – the must win against the U.S. and all their stars. And then an elimination game in the semifinals against Japan, and boy, did he ever show up. So uh, I think, you know, it was it was massive for our organization to have these guys um, not just play but also perform. I mean, think about it. That's three guys, the MVP, the all-tournament center fielder, and the all-tournament left-handed pitcher uh, all on our team and, and, and looking to – do everything they can to get us into the postseason. Yeah, it was pretty cool to watch. Let's get back to the basics. 
how'd you get, who asked you to be the manager? I know you've done a lot of managing in Mexico, uh, Culiacan. Uh, how'd it come to be that you were going to manage uh, Team Mexico? Um, so a few years ago, um, I was actually managing in the summer. Um, and I, like I said, like you said, I had been pretty successful with, uh, with Culiacan at the time. At the time, I think I had managed five seasons and won the, the championship four times and uh, was managing an expansion team uh, in Guadalajara for the summer league. And uh, we were doing really well. And there was some complications with the manager and general manager for the Olympic team. And uh, I was approached to, to manage uh, the Mexican uh, team that was going to the Olympics. Um, personally, uh, you know, I, I wasn't sure that I should take it because I was in the middle of a season. Uh, got the blessing from the front office of the uh, of the Guadalajara team uh, and went to the Olympics. But uh, like I mentioned to them then, I'm like, you know what, uh, as much as as cool as it is to go to the Olympics and represent your country, um, for me, the most important event for our sport uh, to represent your country is the cla- is the is the classic. So I said, absolutely, I'll do it. But you guys need to be able to take me to, uh, you know, let me be the manager for the classic. Um, honestly. Um, they, they said yes. Um, uh, but we had such a bad showing at the Olympics that I thought for a minute there that, that maybe it would, something might happen and I wouldn't be, um, you know, luckily and and thankfully, um, you know, they, they, uh, they gave me their word and they honored it and, uh, gave me the opportunity to be the manager, uh, for team Mexico. I think it also obviously helps that, you know, uh, I'm coaching the big leagues and that I'm bilingual. Because, you know, some of our players are Mexican, uh, of Mexican descent, not necessarily speak the language or uh, were born in Mexico. So um, I think it was it was important to also have a manager that um, speaks both languages and and also that that has been a part in some way, shape or form of that magnitude of event. Right. And, uh, you know, I think that that had that came into play a little bit, having played in the World Series. Lots been made of, of Mike Trout uh, when he was asked to be the captain of Team USA and, and he went out and, and asked other players. You know, it's tough. We, we know what it's like when, when a star in the game comes to you during your, your playing time. You, it's tough to say no. He got pretty star-studded, uh, definitely on the offensive side of the ball, pretty star-studded cast he put together. When it came down to picking your team, run me through that. How does that happen? Did anyone say no? You know what? Um it was uh, Rodrigo Lopez, who's the general manager, and myself. We both uh, uh, began calling around, and and to be honest with you, even before they had actually named me, I had a like I said, I had you know because of what I had been told, I had a pretty good idea that it it might be me or it would be me. Um, and all throughout last year, without me being the manager, I'd just say, hey, you know, if you're called upon, whenever I run to a guy that was Mexican or of Mexican descent, I'd say, if you called upon, would you? Uh, would you be uh, interested in playing? And, uh, you know, thankfully, but to my surprise, everybody would say, everybody was saying yes. Um, some guys later fell uh, off the ship, right? Jumped off the ship for different reasons and understandable reasons. Um, uh, like uh, Trevino uh, had said he was going to play, but he was like, hey, you know, we have uh, uh, quite a few new pitchers with the Yankees, so I think it's best that I stay in camp and uh, build a rapport with them. And uh, so that was understandable. Uh, Alejandro Kirk um, 
had a situation where they had their first child at the beginning of spring training and he wasn't able to report and, and the, the due date, they went past the due date and he wasn't able to report. Uh, he reported later than he was expected. And, and uh, they felt both he and the Blue Jays felt that it was best in his best interest to uh, skip the WBC. We understood um, and so on and so forth. I mean, Zebi Savala, um, another catcher, right? He was thinking about um, uh, possibly when Kirk, went down was going to be uh, our, our second catcher. Um, but same thing, he was battling for uh, for a starting position. So, uh, you know, and we gave them their blessings and thanked them for, you know, having interest and showing interest. But uh, for the most part, everybody that we asked was excited. I mean, uh, excited and, and, and felt blessed. And I think it showed, right? It showed in uh, a doubt. on the field that these guys were just uh, all in on representing Mexico, representing their families, uh, representing, uh, you know, their ancestors. It was, it was, it was, I was hoping that we would be able to get this group of players and build a, a team. Um, and honestly, man, uh, there was, it, it was, it was like we, they were able to gel and build a family and a brotherhood uh, in the matter of a week, week and a half, man. It was, it was pretty special. I mean, it, it's not often that you get to, have a group that that is uh, all in the way these guys were. During the uh, during the tournament, you t- you talked to Phil at all, and for those of you yeah. watching the Boone podcast out there, uh, Phil Nevin, a good friend of mine. I mean, childhood friend. He's like my little brother, and uh, he he finally got that job with, and he's your skipper in in uh, with the Angels. Uh, what what were his words of wisdom? I want to know. He was like. He was like, "All right, good luck. Uh, you have a lot riding on it, and don't don't mess up and make our pitchers pitch more than they're supposed to." <laughs> but, Pretty simple. Uh, yeah, I mean, you you know how Phil is. He's he's straightforward. Um, but yeah, I'd get phone calls from him uh, pretty much after every win, and uh, and he was at the at the U.S. game. Uh, had a good chance uh, a chance to talk to him right there. Uh, he had, of course, he had the best seats in the house, right, right behind home plate, um, and uh, we had a good chat uh, a couple different times throughout the tournament. We had good chats, and uh, and then, uh, you know, you know, I mean, you know, Phil, he's awesome, man. He called me uh, right after the the loss against uh, Japan, and he was like, "Hey, man, proud of you. Uh, you know, I think you did you did a great job, and 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 you guys did great for Mexico, and and." Please tell all all of our guys and and all of your team that they did they did a a, a great job and uh, it was it was awesome to watch you guys play. Yeah, when I uh, I reached out to you right after that Japan, I'm thinking, oh man, that was a heartbreaker right there. I mean, you had it, and all of a yeah. sudden Otani starts off with with a knock, and they hit the big uh, uh, the big knock comes next. But uh, yeah, and I went, damn it, Benji, you were t- one pitch. But that's that's how yeah. baseball is, and it's. Man, it, but what a great run. When you had that matchup with the U.S. and you end up winning 11-5, to five, what, did that, what did that mean for the country of Mexico? Man, I'll tell you what. Um, we, we had had – I think we had played the U.S. three times previously in classics and, and, or, or four and won twice. Um, I'm not a big believer in historically how you've done because it's different players. It's, you know – guys aren't even around anymore right so but i i mean it was huge for mexico because uh they're defending champs 
we all know it's an all-star team, right? On the offensive side, it's an all-star team. I mean, if, if anybody had a chance to see that team play every, every day, I mean, that would be a, a, an expensive ticket and everybody would be lined up around the block to, to get a chance to see them play. Um, but the way we came out in a must win for us, it wasn't necessarily a must win for the U.S. It was a must win for us. Uh, and it just showed that, that I think we were up to the task. And um, in Mexico, it was like, like I said, in, in, in Mexico, after I losing to Colombia, um, and, and you have to understand that in uh, Mexico, there's a lot of soccer fans, right? And they just played the, the, the FIFA World Cup, and Mexico didn't do well. And they were probably after the Colombia games, like, okay, here we go again, another national team that just can't get it done. And all of a sudden, we beat the U.S., and it was like, whoa, wait a minute. Now our next game is against Great Britain. Then all we had, we had to get past Canada, but we might make it out of the group stage, right? Um, so I think it, it, it really um, gave hope to uh to all the mexican uh fans that were uh that were uh tuning in to watch us play um it really gave them hope and then obviously the game against puerto rico which was an awesome game as well um you know then they, then they really started believing hey you know what this this maybe can happen you know i got to play for a team usa uh out of college uh, we, it was, it wasn't an Olympic year. It was kind of that it was a Pan Am games. All the juniors that year had signed back when the collegiate uh, players were used for the Olympics. Um, and it was, a, it was a pretty cool thing. I got to go to Cuba. Uh, not too many people have gotten to do that. I, I got to yeah. see that was all, by the way, Cuba gave us a beating, <laughs> but this tournament <laughs> form, you've been to a world series, you've won a world series. That's the biggest stage, uh, you know, I've been to a World Series. I lost a World Series. That's the biggest stage that there really is in our sport. But what was that? What was it like, WBC? Because it's different. It's not like the playoffs. It's kind of a tournament format where everybody's there. And and, and what was it like from a press standpoint when you come to the yard? Are there four, three or four teams? Because you're playing at the same venue. Yeah, so that that's the part that's so interesting because it's different. Every like Especially the first team that plays. I mean, you, you, you play and you got to get out of there. They give you like an hour, but I mean, you know how it is. I mean, uh, uh, an hour goes by really fast when you just finish the game, especially I mean, most of these games are all pretty intense and big games, right? Uh, so if you just want a big game, it's really hard to get out quick. You lose a tough game. It's like, you know, you want to kind of gather your composure before you get going, but um and then the, when the second team finally gets in, then it's a rush because you have BP in 40 minutes, right? So you have to get dressed, get out, stretch, BP. Um, so uh, it, it, it's, it's very different than, than a normal day. Um, once we got to Miami, it was uh, a little bit more of what we're used to because there were other teams that would practice, but they practice in the morning and they'd be out by two. So both teams could literally get into the clubhouse around 2, 2.15, um, which is more of a normal day. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the group stage, it was, it was for sure different. Yeah, because we're used to when we pull into, a, a, you know, when we're the visitor pulling into a new yard, it's like that visiting clubhouse is ours for 24 yeah. hours a day. We're not used to, you know, it's almost kind of like maybe a college World Series type where one game's going on, next team's waiting to get in the clubhouse. And and, and it was a little bit like that, I would assume. Yeah, it's, it's exactly right. It's very much like the College World Series. Um, 
where it's 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 rushed it's a lot of adrenaline um but and it's something that we're not used to right as visible and the, the other thing is the game's over you got to put everything away because you rarely have the clubhouse uh continuously because it's another game and and, and something different so um it's it's just very different as far as that um and the energy like i said the energy it, it's like for us i mean after the Columbia game, every game was a game seven. And I mean, we played five consecutive game sevens, um, as it turns out, right? Um, or or four, should I say? No, five. So yeah, we played against the US and Great Britain, Canada, Puerto Rico, and then against Japan. And I mean, each each single game is, is a game seven. I mean, it's, it's exciting. Um, it is taxing, right? But uh, I mean, it's a great experience. Um. What was your favorite part of it? You have a one thing that you said that was really, really made it. Um, I'll tell you what, the the energy of the people in the stands in the U.S. game and the Puerto Rico game, because uh, even though we're playing in Arizona, it was like we were a home team, right? Um, I would say. Uh, probably 65% Mexico fans opposed to U.S., I, I would guess. Um, maybe 70, or I don't know if just Mexicans are louder <laughs> and it seemed that way. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, maybe had a few more uh, cervezas uh, <laughs> than uh, the American fans. But then when we were in Miami, we felt it the other way. I mean, it was like 80% Puerto Rican uh, fans compared to our 20% uh, of uh, Mexican fans. And and same thing, I don't know if maybe there was more Mexican fans. They, they were just, uh, the Puerto Rican fans kind of swallowed uh, <laughs> swallowed up the, the Mexican fans in the stadium. But just the energy and the intensity in which uh, it seems like the, in, the intensity of every single pitch uh, is, it was incredible. And like, like you said, even, even the, the U.S. game, um, we won, you can say comfortably 11 to five, but in the eighth inning, I believe they had the men on first and third. And I don't even remember who was up, but it doesn't matter who was up. Whoever's up is a home run threat on the U S yeah. Team. Trey Turner that? started Trey Turner started off hitting ninth. Yeah, exactly. How's that? Right. Yeah. It ends up with five bombs. And, yeah. and the, here's the thing is they, he, they played seven games. He didn't play against us. So he only played six games and hit five bombs. I mean, that's crazy, right? Um, but, um, yeah, I, you know, I was thinking to myself, like, okay, I, I, I was like, okay, we're, we should win this game. But all of a sudden, they made that little run, uh, and they had two guys on base. I was like, man, they're a swing away from it being 11 to 8, right? Um, and so even then, you're still not that comfortable knowing you know the firepower that there is across across the diamond right uh I, it sounds from from everything that you're telling me there's not too many ways they could make it better if you could pick one thing how could they make wc better if you even have one yeah um the only thing i can think of um two things right i think um players maybe because they've already made the commitment, they just get themselves uh, 
accelerate everything, call it a week or two weeks, just for their own safety and for the peace of mind of the teams, right? Um, I know players came into camp probably four or five days early. Maybe they come into camp 10 days early. Um, Or you do a mini camp where they are allowed, players are allowed to go be with Team USA, Team Mexico with their national teams. Then they go to spring training and then they go back to their national teams. Obviously, it's it's an expense, right? But at the end of the day, with the amount of money that that these players are all worth, um, it might be worth making that extra investment to make sure that that you're getting the best players in the world and that you're also keeping them safe. The only other thing that comes to mind is maybe, you know, uh, making it three, four days later um, is the only thing I can think about where it's maybe a couple days before spring training. Uh, at the end of the day, by that point, guys are playing full games and the pitchers are also closer um, to being able to pitch closer to the limit. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, we The limits were 65, 80, and 95 pitches. Um, there's no way that I was going to let somebody throw 95 pitches, um, you know, on March, whatever it would have been, March 20th, March 21st. Um, Maybe right. if it's March 26th, you're closer to opening day. Um, I probably still wouldn't, you know, go to 95, but I'd be, and I think organizations would probably be a little bit more comfortable with them getting to 80, 85. Um, but, you know, when we, the tournament started, it was, I think our first game was the 11th, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 65 pitches are, are, are a lot uh, at that point in time. But if, if it's the 16th, 17th, um, that probably allows for them to already have one extra outing with their team. And now the 65 pitches is probably a more comfortable number for, for organizations, for managers, for pitching coaches and general managers. So um, I know it's a, it's a tough ask. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, uh, you know, shooting in the dark, right? If there's, I don't know that there's a, 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 an absolute formula. I know that people have mentioned, well, you can do it in the middle of the season. For me, the middle of the season is, is no possible way because you can't stop the majority of major leaguers um, for two weeks in the middle of the season. I mean, that, that, that would be crazy. And at the same time, um, I mean, you, you just disrupt the season. You disrupt tenant races. You disrupt everything. So, um, you know, the, the, maybe the only adjustment is just a few days uh, starting earlier for the guys that are participating and, and you know, three, four days later as far as starting the tournament. A lot of star power. You mentioned the Trouts, the Otanis. The, those are the obvious. The, the Mookie Betts, uh, the Trey Turner, guys that have been in the playoffs a lot, been on the big stage a lot. You had one that's been on the big stage a lot. He was on this big stage, did it again, a Rosarina. <laughs> I'm watching him shagging with the cowboy boots and the hat, <laughs> but then he's getting a knock every time he comes to the plate. You know, he's, he's pimping. He looks like a, he looks like a rapper when he robs a home run, but then he comes up and hits one off the wall and there's really nothing you can say. Give me a little insight to a Rosarina. I've never met him, but I, I've watched him a lot. A couple of playoffs, a couple of years ago in the playoffs, he had an unbelievable run where, uh, so he's seen that big stage before. Give me a little behind the scenes of uh, of Rosarina. Yeah, so um, I'll tell you what. I, we had played against him um, in Mexico. He was uh, on 
on our opposing team. We played him in the finals. And, uh, I mean, I, I was a fan of him because he was that good. I wasn't necessarily a fan. <laughs> I mean, I'm on the other side. Right, But right. I'll tell you what, the, the funny thing is, you in, in the clubhouse, I mean, he's quiet, reserved, kind of keeps to himself. Uh, and then you turn on the lights, and he's just another guy, man. He's, uh, he's a character. Um, I mean, he has all the tools, man. Defense, uh, he can throw, he can run, he can hit, uh, power, um, and then just an incredible energy. I mean, just in, in, infectious, um, positive energy. I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys that love to play the game a lot. There's not that many that you see him do something and you know that that is 100% what he was born to do and and by far the thing he loves most in 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 his life and uh outside of his family, right? And I think he's he's one of those guys. I mean, he just loves being out there. Um and I, I remember that, well one of the games we were uh, I think we were ahead against Canada. And uh, I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to take you out. Uh, uh, um, you know, I'm going to put somebody else in. He's like, Poppy, but I can go deep. <laughs> <laughs> like a little kid. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, no, don't take me out. I'm hot. And uh, so he walked away. And I'm like, well, hold on. Well, just, just hold on a minute. And then he comes back. He goes, okay, no, okay. let somebody else let somebody else have fun. I said, all right, sounds good. But, uh, yeah. yeah, man, he just loves to play. Isn't it, you know, and you make such a good point and, and you said, you know, playing against him, I didn't really like him. Then I play with him. You get, you, you have a different flavor uh, coming away from the WBC. So many times in my career, you know, you look across the field and I don't like that guy. Why? Just because I don't, I don't like the way he walks. I don't like the way he talks. And you end up meeting him at an event like this or the off season in, in a different atmosphere. And you walk away from it and go all those years, I couldn't stand him. That guy's a great guy. You know, yeah. I, after a while, I started saying, I don't want to meet the guys I dislike. It'll take away my edge <laughs> on the field. Uh, yeah. But it, that's a great point right there. Interested, after that final game, that heartbreaker, man, I, I can still see it right now to Japan. Uh, what would you say to the guys? What were your parting words for, for, for Team Mexico? I'll tell you what, like, like most teams, right, the game ends, you kind of looking out to the field, seeing the other team celebrate. There's some players that have their head down in the uh, in the interior part of the dugout. Other guys take their stuff and, and go into the clubhouse. And, and, and rightfully so, they have their head down. They just lost, you know, the opportunity to win a world championship. Um, and I, I looked down the dugout, and I just felt compelled to go towards some of those guys. And I'm like, hey – Keep your head up. You guys uh, represented your country, um, our country, incredibly. Uh, you have nothing uh, to to feel bad about. You guys should be proud. Um, and then I ran into the the clubhouse, and I asked every one of the players, please uh, do me a favor, uh, come outside, and and come outside and applaud the fans because uh, the way. The way they uh, uh, conducted themselves, the way they, uh, uh, you know, cheered us on and 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 uh, were here for us, uh, they deserve that. And I'll tell you what, credit to every one of them. They all either put their jersey back on or put their hat on, and every single one of them came outside, um, and including the guys that were in the dugout. And uh, we just went out to the field and we started cheering our fans. Um, 
some of which some weren't our fans and there was Japanese fans uh and it was it was a great moment I mean well we're cheering for them thanking them they're the fans are cheering for us and thanking us and uh I'll tell you what it was it was just a, a special moment um it was something really cool and uh I think it, it it made the healing process to losing a game like that uh easier to cope with and 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 it accelerated it few more minutes before I let you go. I want to talk about you're getting, like you said, you're back. Uh, you had a day off today uh, with the Angels. You start up fresh tomorrow. I'm sure you're going to have to tell these stories to all the guys that are going to want to hear it again. <laughs> looking at the Angels on paper, looking at your division on paper, I think the Astros, uh, we can fairly confidently say they're the team to beat. They've been there for a long yeah. time. They lost Justin Verlander, obviously lost Altuve in that when he got hit in the thumb in the WBC. That's going to be a tough one. But that lineup is so good up and down. That team is so good from the starting rotation, the bullpen. Uh, I think you you saw last year that the uh, the Mariners, my Mariners, are making a yeah. run. They're good again. They got a tough rotation. Uh, they made some acquisitions in the offseason. Texas went out and got DeGrom. Uh, Evaldi from Boston, they're going to be a little bit tougher. So that division shaping up. You two, I think, are better. I'm hearing a lot of uh, in camp. Phil this year, he's bringing in a lot of the old Mariners. I'm hearing a. I mean, I'm sorry, old Angels from from past. My dad was there. Uh, Chuck Finley. Uh, I'm seeing guys. It seems like on a daily basis, everybody's coming away saying this young pitching staff is really talented. Obviously, Otani, Trout, and and Rendon, who's been hurt. Uh, a lot seems like ever since he became an angel, that's the, that's the middle of your lineup right there. But talk about this year, the division, and where do you expect the angels to be? I'll tell you what, we, we expect to be playing baseball deep into October. Um, uh, you know, the obvious on our pitching staff, the obvious is uh, Shohei, right? And then you have uh, Anderson the, uh, uh, that should come in and help out with the stability in the rotation. But for me, for me, uh, I seriously believe that Detmers and Patrick Sandoval are going to have tremendous years. Um, Suarez is, is, has the potential to have a tremendous year. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if between Detmers and uh, Sandoval end up winning thirty plus games this season. Uh, that's how good they are, um, and uh, you know. Like you said, I mean, we haven't – one of the best third basemen in baseball um, has been uh, a part of the Angels but hasn't been, on, hasn't been able to be on the field. I think having him this year uh, healthy and productive, uh, it's like we gained another all-star. Uh, uh, we get uh, Gio Urshela to, to provide depth. Uh, uh, Drury, uh, Hunter Renfro is, 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 you know, basically an all-star – uh, Jared Walsh was hurt most of last year and battling through an injury. I mean, he was an all-star a couple of years ago. Um, you know, we have, a, a, a our catching prospect, uh, Ohapi. He's, he's awesome. I think he's going to be a tremendous, uh, baseball player and, uh, and, and leader. Uh, I had a great time talking to your dad and, and, and specifically talking about Ohapi, what he thought. And he, he, your dad's a big fan of, of hop and, uh, and believes that he's going to be a special one. So, um, yeah, it's been great. It's been great to see all the old angels come by and and the excitement. Um, uh, Taylor Ward, you know, is, is another guy that had a great year last year. Um, I think I think we're solid throughout. Our pitching staff is 
better than people uh, uh, know yet. Um, and then uh, our, our bullpen is 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 gotten better as well. And then Est- getting Estevez will help that as well. We have a uh, young kid, Joyce, that if he doesn't start in the big leagues, uh, I don't doubt we'll be up up in the big leagues helping out uh, sooner than later. <laughs> Coming in and throwing 99 to 104. I heard he was 104 a couple of days ago in camp. Wow. I was like, wow. I wish he was Mexican and could have taken him to the WBC. <laughs> <laughs> It it's uh, you mentioned Rendon and, and he really is. He's one of the the top third basemen in the game. He hasn't played pretty much at all the last couple of years. And uh, you know, my dad mentioned my dad. He said when he, when when dad was a VP and uh, for the Nationals, and they won the World Series in 2019. He said we won the World Series because of Rendon. So uh, what a key piece he is to have him back healthy. Uh, he adds a lot to that lineup. And you mentioned the guys, Drury coming in, Renfro, Walshie being hurt last year, coming off that injury, probably looking to have a big season. It, it could be an exciting lineup, and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. You know, I'll be popping in time to time. I'm just down the yeah. freeway from you guys. But uh, I just want to say uh, congrats. It was a lot of fun. Brett Boone, the fan, I, I had a great time watching that WBC. It was really cool to, to see. And like I said, I can't get away from it. I keep... I keep talking about the. Uh, I keep talking about the uh, the heartbreak that final game, but but really cool watch, Benji. All the luck in the world this year. I appreciate you coming on the program, and for all of here us here at the Boone Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.